Welcome to Critical Issues Commentary, the podcast ministry of Gospel of Grace Fellowship, a non-denominational Christian church in St. Louis Park, Minnesota. This is Jessica Kramus, your host for today, and I'm speaking with Bob DeWay, Gospel of Grace's teacher and theologian and author of Critical Issues Commentary. Now, we have been discussing the problems with these visions and revelations and other things that go on within the charismatic movement. Last week, we were talking about 1 Corinthians 12 and the need that we all have for one another in the church. Do you want to just give us a quick recap of that? And then we will go on to 1 Corinthians 4, 5. Yes, we went through, or excuse me, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verses 18 through 25, and pointed out the analogy of body members in Christ the head. Okay. And that we need one another. Yes. And the what seems weaker is more necessary. What seems less honorable, we bestow more abundant honor. There'll be no schism in the body. God's concern is with the unity of the body in regards to every member is necessary and important and that people aren't trying to gain religious status in the eyes of others by exalting themselves at the expense of others in the body of Christ. Right. And now we kind of do have this connection to first Corinthians four or five, because we cannot look at our church body and know who has the most honor. We can't look at these big leaders out there and know if they're really as honorable as people make them, except for when they're clearly false prophets. Or there's false teaching, or many times there's really major, you know, breakdowns. Yes. And people that have been big leaders just sometimes they just leave the faith or we've there's actually been several lately. Yeah, they're they're gone. It was all gaining, you know, having a religious uh, occupation and going on to something else. Okay. So before the time, we don't know the details, but God knows the heart, and that has to be part of it, and only God knows that. Right. So we can judge what is good fruit based on what we know, fruits of the Spirit, we can judge whether doctrine is true by basing what's taught uh, to script on Scripture, whether it's biblical, and we can judge whether Christ is preached truly and accurately. Somebody has a, a robust and biblical doctrine of Christ is essential. Okay. And you want to know the details, okay? Because some of the ones who would give a cursory explanation of Christ sound biblical. Yes. When you look closely, you find out that Christ is contingent because he lost his divinity and then gained it back later after he went to hell. Right. Okay, so you, you, last week you Bible. mentioned Kenneth Copeland. Bill Johnson would probably be the one yeah, that younger listeners know. Yes, I, I wrote an article about Bill Johnson years ago. Right. Now he's even more in the news. They don't respond to anybody they just ignore us a contingent crisis dependent on something outside of himself right is not the christ of the bible according okay. to john 1, 1 through 18 
it doesn't matter if he's talking about Jesus or he's, you know, preaching Jesus, he's preaching Christ, he's preaching a different Christ. Yeah, and other people have written about this and spoken about it, written books about it, warning people about the born-again Jesus. Okay. Of the word of faith teachers. So you want to know the details. Yes. Because some cults talk about Jesus Christ in a way that sounds like it's Christian. Okay. Until you get into more details. Jehovah Witnesses will sell themselves teaching about Jesus, but it turns out their Jesus was a created being rather than the eternal creator. Right. So that the details matter. Okay. So you want to know the doctrine of Christ, blood atonement, forgiveness of sins, coming judgment, the things that are important. Right. And so then there's the hidden motives of the heart. We don't know that. Yes. Okay, we can see if somebody runs off with all the church money. Okay. Embezzlement. That's we can see is stealing, which God forbids. Right. And and one that might not be so obvious, but we actually see happening. It it reminds me of of the warnings against the Pharisees who were devouring widows' houses. That still goes on in churches, maybe not the way we saw it right there, but there are there can be a lot of pressure on the widows to you know give it's like the turn widows your, might give the last know, of what you money. have to save the church. Yeah, turn everything over to us. Or then there was this guy who I wrote about a couple decades ago claiming to visit heaven and more re recently trying to raise millions of dollars for a private airplane to planes okay. that fly around. Yeah. Well, the widows don't need to turn over their household so you can have an airplane. Right. I want to see how they care for and show concern for in a non self-centered way as far as their own selves, people that have on the surface apparently nothing to offer the preacher. Yes. And Jesus talks about the pretense. Okay. Offering long prayers for a pretense. We talked about that. Well, and, and we've discussed too how this shows up throughout Luke. And before we started recording, we were talking about even early in Luke, you have the angel appears to Mary, who was nobody of significance. We have the shepherds coming to see the baby Jesus, who were outcasts and considered unclean. Mm -hmm. We have Simeon in the temple. We have Anna, a, a widow, praying in the temple day and night. It was the lowly people who were the first yeah. to see the Zacharias. Messiah. Yes. And then... Even the places where things happened. Right. Circumstances. And we happen to be talking before we started recording. What is a problem so that people don't understand these passages that we have to understand? Is Christendom. Yes. Okay. The, the romanticized version of this has been around for a couple thousand years. Okay. So you don't think of Mary as somebody in a shameful condition in the eyes of the people around her. Right. You have a romanticized version. People see visions of Mary, but it's not the Mary of the Bible. So they created a different Mary than the one of the Bible. 
Okay. Shepherds are romanticized. Yes. But at the very at that time, the Jews considered them unclean and lowly because they couldn't stay clean because their jobs wouldn't allow them to do that. Right. They couldn't follow the the law as uh, the oral traditions of it, and so okay. on. They had all kinds of problems, and the people were of low status, and it says that in in Luke. So we have manger scenes and uh, paintings and cathedrals and fired um, windows and stained glass. And it all sounds very honorable now. Yes. That's missing Luke's point. Right. And Absolutely. I think most people miss Luke's point because they don't see what's going on. Okay. If you follow it, the issue is Jesus offended everybody because they saw him dining with sinners. Yes. And allowing shameful things to happen. Right. And and looking at okay, who were who were the twelve fishermen, yeah. a tax collector? These yeah, weren't people of significance. People. Yeah, people that weren't important in the eyes of the religious leaders. So Luke is filled with that idea. And so is Acts, and so is First Corinthians. Yes. And as I've said, as I've been preaching through First Corinthians, I think it's not without uh, importance to realize that part of the travels in Acts, Luke was a traveling companion of Paul. Okay. Luke wrote Luke-Acts. Yes. And you see similar ideas in First Corinthians that you see in Luke-Acts. Okay. And that's why I think we need to take seriously this issue of having religious status in our own minds, desiring it to be heaped upon us by the lowly, quote-unquote, people around, and then thinking it only right that, as Jesus said, devour widows' portions— Anybody and everybody, send your money because I need airplanes to fly my heresy over to Africa. All right. So then with that in mind, do you want to read 1 Corinthians 4, 5? Yes. Therefore, do not go on passing judgment before the time, but wait until the Lord comes, who will both bring to light the things hidden in the darkness and disclose the motives of men's hearts, then each man's praise will come to him from God. Okay. Now, you can look at the judgment that's described earlier. We don't know. Do we know the motives of the heart? Absolutely not. We can't even know the motives of our own heart. That's what's very clear. We need God to cleanse us. Yes. And we can be self-deceived. Right. Plus, do we know the motives of somebody else's? Yes. Okay. Okay. So that's very important. Jeremiah 17 comes to mind. Right. The heart is wicked, and who can know it? Only God knows. Yes. And because God does know the heart, and because of the sin nature, which is real, don't listen to the false teaching of the perfectionists. Uh, There's nobody perfected now. Okay. And because of that, the only way to have any assurance 
is that the blood of Jesus, meaning he laid down his life and shed his blood to cleanse us from sin, those who trusted him, the only way we're saints, holy ones, is by the cleansing that God's done. He's done that not in regard to how many works we did, but in his love and mercy, he cleansed unworthy sinners who trust in him. Amen. God always gets the glory. Right. And so that's who the saints are. Okay. Last week I cited 1 Corinthians 1-2 to that end. So we have saints, which is Christians, cleansed by the blood, trusting him, looking only to him for praise and eternity, and being circumspect and not grandiose about our thoughts about our own selves and not passing judgment before the time. Wait till the Lord comes. And he'll bring the light things hidden in darkness. Now, in 50 years of uh, teaching and preaching, most of those 50 years, the people who are considered lovely Christians who want to serve God are the ones whose conscience smites them. Yes. There are people who are just very concerned. Okay. Very uh, worried that they've that they're not right and things aren't as they should be. Yes. And others who have glaring issues are brassy and bold and can't see that they ever did anything wrong. Right. And they sure and, won't admit it. And they'll never admit it. So the truth is, only God knows the motives of the heart. Right. And if we each one trust God and don't pass judgment before the time, which is future, we'll care for each member of the body, as we talked about last week in 1 Corinthians 12. Yes. The bold and self-assured ones that are great in their own eyes will be humbled. Okay. And think, you know, if I'm honest, there are plenty of things to go on in my heart and mind that shouldn't. Right. Uh, may God give grace, and the ones that are beat down in their own conscience can look to the blood of Jesus and know that they've been cleansed and that they can serve, that God's going to use them. Okay. You know, there's a passage in Isaiah that's cited, I think, in Luke. It's from Isaiah about the mountains be made low and the hills raised up. Yes. So that's, in a sense, how this works. Okay. So in First Corinthians, that's in context of I'm of Apollos, I'm of Peter, I'm of Paul. We try to follow some glorious human leader who has something together, has learned something or knows something, or has power, who's been to heaven or whatever. And then we seem like there's something wrong with us, and we don't have the stories they have. Right. If 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 any of those leaders who portray themselves that way took seriously 1 Corinthians 4 or 5, or the entire book of 1 and 2, 1 Corinthians and then 2 Corinthians, they wouldn't even consider putting themselves out there like that. Right. They would not consider saying, we're going to have this meeting. Here's going to be the last time I was there. 
The glory came down. I'm going to be there next week. The glory is going to come down. And you better be there so you're there when the glory comes down. Yeah. I think last week I mentioned I get all the ads for the nation's glory barn where I can. The the power is going to be there and each thing is going to happen. And someone had contacted us. What about the people falling on the ground? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Some have tried to say, well, that's like John the Revelator in in Revelation chapter 1. Oh, okay. Where he fell at his feet because he saw the glory. Well, they're not actually seeing the glory of Christ. Well, okay. How about the people in Scripture who fall on the ground and convulse because they're possessed by a demon? Yeah, or how about one (laughs) person that was a discernment teacher in the 80s, we had come, the group I was with then, and he said, well, the only ones I can find slain in the spirit were Ananias and Sapphira. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That's a good point. So if you look more sober-mindedly at the various things that happened, you wouldn't want that. Right. Because at Sinai, the people, Moses had to be hidden in the cleft of the rock. The glory was there. Right. The theophany. The people were down there dancing, having a party, making a golden calf. Yes. They weren't invited to the glory meeting on the top because they would have just died. Well, and they even said, Moses, yeah, you, you need off. to do this. Yeah. yeah. If and, we do this, well, we will be killed. So this is impertinent. Uh, it's, it, I would just say it. The people that are promoting these things, maybe some of them are Christian. I can't, I don't know. Yeah. Unless they're teaching an unbiblical doctrine of Christ, which some are, then I know they're not Christian. Okay. In which case, you'd have to ask, how does the glory show up in the meeting of a guy who denies the deity of Christ by saying that Christ is contingent? Exactly. It, and not it, the that... creator. That's not the glory. Yeah. Whatever it is, run from it. It's not from God. Okay. Christ needs to be preached clearly and forthrightly. Furthermore, you don't know what's going to happen next week. Right. You don't know what God's going to do. God's future providential will, which is weeks and weeks ago, we talked about Romans 8. Providence, God is conforming all those who know him to the image of Christ, and nothing will stop that from happening. Yes. God will bring us to glory. Well, and we're warned not to say, well, you know, this will happen tomorrow. We're yeah. <laughs> Don't proclaim this or that. We should say, if the Lord wills. If the Lord wills. And that was just something as simple as making business plans. Yeah. How much less should we say the glory of the Lord is going to come down next Saturday at the nation's glory barn? Well, any other place there. Uh, A friend of mine, been watching these guys on a YouTube channel. See, I researched a lot of this stuff decades ago. And right now I'm on other topics, although obviously we're doing this right here. But uh, it just keeps going on. Yeah. You be, be you better be bigger and bigger, better than the last person who had this. Okay. Or you lose your crowd. Right. You don't know what's going to happen next week. Yeah. You don't even know if you're still going to be on the face of the earth. Right. I'm not saying we can't plan, but if the Lord wills. And ideally what happens is we by love serve one another and that we preach the word of God carefully 
And where is the careful and godly biblical exegesis in the mouths of these preachers? It doesn't exist. So then you wonder, what are they thinking? Let's just, let me give an example. We talked about we're talking about Luke as well okay. as Corinthians here. Yes. What about the road to Emmaus? Okay. After Jesus was raised from the dead, there's the disciples, and they were speaking with him. And what were they talking about? Right. So they were discussing all that had happened, and they had no clue who was there with them. Yeah. And then he started revealing, I, I have my Bible here, but save time, I'll do it from memory. He was telling them all the things about himself from the scriptures. Yes. Explaining them. Okay. Okay. All And as he was explaining about himself from Tanakh, mm -hmm. as he was explaining all about himself from Tanakh, which would be the Old Testament canon that the Jews had. Okay. And you, you can get a taste of this by going to Stephen's speech or the book of Hebrews, the various scriptures about Christ, Peter's speech at Pentecost. Well, Jesus is doing it. Right. What's he doing? Hermeneutics. Okay. He's explaining scripture about himself. Yes. And when they got there, they said, well, when he was explaining this to us, were not our hearts burning within us? Right. Okay. Here's what I want to ask those who would go to the glory meetings. You're going to some meeting thinking that the preacher said there's going to be a miracle and it's going to happen. And most of the time it doesn't, or if it is, it's contrived or who knows what it is. Okay. Scriptures are not explained. Jesus explained the scriptures about himself. Real scriptures. Right. That they had, but they hadn't understood. And we know from other speeches in Luke Acts that it included the fact that there's a suffering servant, not just the conquering Messiah who defeats the enemies. Yes. Okay, and you can look at Peter's speech on Pentecost, as I said. And so their hearts burned within them as they heard Jesus explaining scriptures. Right. Now people go to meetings and they their heart burns because they hear a teacher claiming they went to heaven. Right. They're preaching themselves and not Christ. Yeah. And they come hoping for a miracle rather than hearing sound, godly, Biblical interpretation grounded in Scripture, and God cannot lie. The Holy Spirit inspired the Scriptures. The, the biblical authors determine the meaning, not the readers. And if your heart doesn't burn within you from hearing the Scriptures, which we can preach because they don't change. Okay. God cannot lie. God has spoken. What makes you think the glory is going to show up at this meeting where people just teach themselves how to be out of control. So the other verse we want to discuss before we run out of time is 2 Corinthians 10, 12. Can you read that for us? 2 Corinthians 10, 12. For we are not bold to class or compare ourselves with some of those who commend themselves. But when they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves, they were without understanding. 
All right. That first reminds me of your article uh, about the $1,500 cat. <laughs> yeah, which is, that story comes from the 60s. Right now, people probably paid how much for a cat for all I know. <laughs> right. It's an old farmer story. Okay. And, um, the guy said that he had a $3,000 dog. Okay. Which, well, this is like, again, a story from the 60s. Yeah. It's, they're bragging. I have $3,000 dog. You do? What in the world? How was that? Well, at least it turned out that way. They traded him to the neighbor for two $1,500 cats. <laughs> right. I think that's an old, I don't yeah. know where it came from. Maybe Jerry Clower or some Southern humorist mm -hmm. from the past. But it doesn't mean anything. Right. And, and so kind of. For that, we'll say it's worth a lot. Yes. And so that's kind of what's going on when a false prophet tells another person they're an apostle or, and, and we see this all the time, you know, this person says that person's an apostle, so they must be an apostle and they have their elite club going where they're all saying that person's the best yeah. prophet and this person's an apostle of God. And that guy over there, he's really special because he visited heaven and they sit there and pat each other on the back and commend each other to one another and it's just showing they are without understanding yes now how hard is it to read the verse 2 corinthians 10 12 and, and see that's what's going on yeah I we are like, so we are you... not bold to class or compare ourselves with some of those who commend themselves yeah i'll call you an apostle you call me a prophet and we'll have this meeting and we'll all endorse each other yeah and have no objective external criteria for this. And we're going to go ahead right now and pass judgment before the time, which we're told not to do, 1 Corinthians 4 or 5. And so we're we're doing what God said not to do. Right. And we're doing it boldly, which Paul says we're not bold. He's talking about himself and the true apostles. Okay. The ones who actually saw the resurrected Christ. Yeah. There, we're not bold to do that, but they sure do it. Dear ones, walk out. Yes. Don't go to the meetings. Don't turn your money over to these folks. Right. The the true gospel preachers don't ask for money. They just preach. And Paul talks about that also. Right. You know, people uh, are told to, to care for the ones that need it and so on. Don't muzzle the ox, but... It's not our business to figure out if that's a lot or a little or nothing. Right. But they're looking for honor and status and compare themselves with each other. And Paul says, you're without understanding. That was in 2 Corinthians 10. Yes. 2 Corinthians 11, the fool speech. He said, all right, that's the world you're in. I'm going to make a fool of myself and do what it should never be done just to show how foolish it is. So he gives his full speech. Yes. In the end, talks about his visit to heaven, in the, uh, not in the first person, in order to not take anything to himself. And the result was a thorn in the flesh so that he would not exalt himself due to revelations. There's also, and I can't come up with the exact reference, maybe you know it, but there is this understanding we have to have that some works will be burned up, even from legitimate yeah, Christians. Yeah, that's in 1 Corinthians. Okay. I covered that. The, the person will be saved but by fire. 
Right. Burning with wood, he is several, they'll lose their reward. Some aren't even Christian. Yes. They'll be lost. They just say, Lord, Lord, they were building on sand. Right. So, so up- now would it be proper to say people, you know, calling people to come to their big glory meeting and seeking money for their personal jet and all of these kinds of things, those are not works done in the Lord. Those do not glorify God. None of this is actually benefiting any true believer in any real way. Is that part of the type of thing that would be burned up? I would just say this. It's possible that a true preacher might take a flight on a private jet because somebody decided to fly them somewhere. Yes. I'm not using jets to be the basis of discernment, but the message is what we want to hear. Right. Okay. I would say if they're not carefully expounding scriptures and preaching who Christ is, what he did, why we need him, and some sort of detailed exegesis, if that's what caused, they want the people's hearts to burn with the both conviction, conviction and hope of the Holy Spirit, like under Odomaeus. Mm-hmm. Well, Jesus was explaining himself from Scripture. He's the one Scripture they're writing about, and they were right there with him. I'll guarantee you that um, preacher who's getting all the offerings and making himself out to be some great glorious guy or lady and claiming miracles are going to happen because they showed up and don't have the time to explain anything from sound exegesis from the Scripture— why would you support that? Right. And, and really know... what they fly is not the issue. We're almost out of time, but there was a well-known blogger recently who went after John MacArthur for flying first class. Well, John MacArthur's a f- faithful preacher of God's word. He's very solid. He is well-respected. And I've met him, and he's very, very tall. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. The story about meeting John MacArthur is... Reveals a lot about him. Yes, he was very humble. But one thing I know for sure is there's more leg room in first class. And so if a very tall 80-year-old faithful preacher of the gospel wants to fly first class, that's fine. But you know what he's not doing is asking people to send him money so that he can fly first class. Well, he spent a whole lifetime expounding scripture, whether you agree with every there's always going to be some things that people have different views on. Right. But you can't say he hasn't done exegesis and expounded scripture. Yes. Yeah, and I met him too. And we were just asking what's the best. I asked him what commentaries on Luke he recommended. Okay. I was in Luke at the time. Yeah. We both heard of Kenneth Bailey. But then Jessica's story is far more interesting. Anyhow. Maybe there'll be time to share it someday. I think we maybe shared it once. I don't remember. But the point is this. When you get into this other world of these apostles, prophets, signs, and wonders, I don't see anything valid. What what is there that's valid? Right. None of it. Yeah. And Christ is not preached. The scriptures aren't expounded. Sinners aren't called to trust Christ for the cleansing of sin. Yes. The signs that we're looking for is are, are lacking. Right. So therefore, 
they're comparing themselves with each other who had the bigger meeting, who has the biggest budget and the biggest mansion or whatever that is. It's all secular stuff. And none of it has to do with eternity. Right. All so, right. Do you want to give us a one minute recap? The things that matter the most are so simple and so basic. The person and work of Christ. The saints are those who are sinners saved by grace, cleansed by the blood. Service is service to the Lord by caring for one another and not claiming some higher status because we did something. Yes. Christians love to serve one another because that God, God put that love in their heart. And don't be deceived by the people who are really more like what Jesus rebuked of the people with the long garments and robes and love places of honor. Don't don't be deceived by that. It's not it's not true. It's not right. It'll only harm you. And go to where the word of God is taught with clarity. Amen. We are out of time for this edition of Critical Issues Commentary Radio. You can access this episode and many others, as well as years worth of articles at the website cicministry.org. While you're there, click on contact and send us a message. We'd love to hear from you. We want to encourage you all to stand firm in one spirit with one mind and strive together for the faith of the gospel. For Critical Issues Commentary, this is Jessica Kramis. And Bob DeWay. We'll see you next week.